0: The numbers told the story, they always do. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics.
1: This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on
2: VSIN. Good Friday morning, Tune. It is a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network, Visa.com, the Visa app, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV, all proudly brought to you by BetMGM. Skill Alexander is Kelly Bidlin. Kelly, you put together a nice one today, man. Thank you so much.
3: Hey, hey! You know how this this gig works. Don't be thinking me yet. Who knows what's going to happen?
2: Let's see what happens. <laughs> uh, we got to talk prequeness on the show today. The second leg of the Triple Crown will uh, be upon us. Dwayne Kalucci will be here.
3: I just got a call. Actually, they want me to run Saturday. Oh, you're, yeah, because yeah, they said they're short on horses. We lost another horse. We lost a horse this morning. The
2: second favorite, if you will. Now we're down to seven horses.
3: I guess we should clarify that that, that a horse had to withdraw of that's, some kind. That's yeah. correct. That's
2: correct um so we're down to seven horses Dwayne Colucci, kaluch kal we will be here to talk about that later on the show Dan Bespers on the NBA JVT on the NBA Andy McNeil on the heels of the sixth longest game in NHL history last night that was crazy I looked at so after the Lakers game I looked down. I looked down at my phone and I saw that 03 mm-hmm. two oh, Florida had won it's over in overtime but that was the the would be goal. That then got reversed.
3: Okay. Yeah, I was watching so, then.
2: So I wasn't aware that the game was still going on, and then I just casually looked at my phone later. I'm like, "What is happening?" So watched like the last period and a half of that.
3: So did, did you you watch the conclusion? Oh yeah, I did. Okay. Yeah. So I'm I wondering. I bet you. I, I'm assuming everybody has a story about this today. So what I did was I watched the NBA game, and then I put this up, and we were in, what, the first overtime, first, and that. then started second overtime, and I was sitting at my desk writing notes for, like, NBA and golf, and writing that stuff down, <laughs> and then we hit, like, another intermission, and I had it on TV, too, and I started watching something else, and like ten minutes later, I'm like, oh, I'm getting tired, I'm going to bed. I totally forgot about it.
2: 12 points, for those who missed it, 12-point seconds left in quadruple overtime. The Panthers take game one of the Eastern Conference Finals against the Hurricanes. You can call them Slurry Canes. Panthers win it 3-2. to uh, Last, Andy, if, if that kind of loss, and again, we only have five, other, five others in the history of the NHL that went longer. But if that kind of loss has some sort of residual effect, he believes. And it never fails. Whenever we go to the power rankings each round, the top team always gets toppled. Bruins. Mm-hmm followed by the Oilers, and now the Canes, Hurricanes, uh, down 1-0 to Panthers. We'll talk to Andy McNeil about that. And, of course, the Knights, the Golden Knights, and the Stars tonight, game one in the series, how he feels about that. Let's go um, Panthers,
3: let's go Knights. I, I want an all-Kelly Stanley Cup Finals. The Kelly- I'm, ru- I'm rooting for the Panthers. I told you this yesterday off the air. Mm-hmm. Super hardcore Panthers fan because I've been hating on the Heat so much. So i gotta, I got to pick my South Florida team somehow.
2: Sure, South Florida's waiting for you to make amends with them. <laughs> It's like we don't be better like the Panthers. <laughs> uh, Jeff Parlay will join us today, also, because Jeff Parles, ladies and gentlemen, producers number five and eight on this show, the Grover Cleveland of producers, is getting married tomorrow. Uh, is it tomorrow? It's tomorrow. I'm going to St. Louis. There's a bunch of us going to St. Louis uh, today to uh, to witness the nuptials. And uh, Kelly Bidlin has put together some wedding props. We'll get to those later on the show because I have definite thoughts on those wedding props.
3: Ooh, I added a few more.
2: Did you? Oh, oh, yeah. I like it. Yeah. Okay. Um. And we'll talk Premier League as well with uh, Paul Carr as the Premier League season winds down. Maybe there's some angles. Maybe there's some motivational issues we can talk about. But let's begin with last night's uh, basketball game between, obviously, the Lakers and the Nuggets game. Two of the Western Conference Finals. Nuggets go in, uh, up one game to nothing after that first game. A couple days ago, I said here on the show, I'm like, you know, it's a confusing game after game one because you can can make the case, obviously, that the Lakers had, you know, good things to think about the way they played even in defeat. But I, I... finish the segment by saying, but I think that pendulum with the narrative swung too much. I think mainstream media was like eh, forgetting that the Nuggets even won the game. Well the Nuggets figured out a way to win game two too. Two as well, I should say. Nuggets 108. Lakers 103. Don't cover the five and a half close. Um, again it comes down to what you got mm-hmm. on this game as opposed to uh, if you're pre-flop ATS. Uh, I had, let me just, full disclosure, I had multiple Nuggets in-game bets that basically washed in the end. The minus. I got a minus 20 money line in there that sort of covered it. So I say, what I'm about to say about everything comes from that perspective where it's like, I have no skin in the game. If anything, I had skin in the Nuggets side. Okay. I thought the Lakers got hosed repeatedly. And I will, as we go through this real quick, like even as a Nuggets better, you had to acknowledge, you're like, oh my God, really again? So- Game was tied 27-27 at the end of the first quarter. There was a very questionable flagrant called on D'Angelo Russell mm-hmm. uh, in that frame and a putback by AD that was ruled in the cylinder when it wasn't in the cylinder.
3: Yep. Agree, um, agree on
2: both. That's the first quarter already. That Lakers went on a 9 to nothing run to start the second quarter with Jokic off the court. Pull Jokic off the court for his... Uh, his rest there at the beginning of the second quarter, Lakers immediately take advantage, 36-27. to 27. It was 40-32. to 32. I don't know why I noted this, but LeBron on the breakaway, that was when he to put the Lakers up 10. He winds up for the Tomahawk jam, and it slips out of his hands and goes out of bounds. There was that.
3: Come on, me, come on, one comment on that real Please. quick. There, yes. there's, a, there's a four-letter network out there that might have been talking, using that as an example of LeBron James getting old. Oh, God. Stop I'm like, it. what are we talking about? He, he fumbled the ball yeah. out of his hands.
2: It happens. Um, they should probably they take him off Mount Rushmore today in the morning when they're <laughs> ranking the greatest players. I don't know. We can't have them on there anymore. Uh, there was a foul defending LeBron that didn't get called. LeBron was complaining about it. I thought that was also a legit complaint from LeBron in the second quarter. Um, and then there was a hit on Hachimura's head by Bruce Brown that yeah. was ruled a common foul, but not a flagrant. It was the exact same thing that 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 Russell did, and they moved on. So they moved on. They're like, yeah, but but good on Jeff Van Gundy for continually pointing it out and actually being so sarcastic about all of it. It, it, It's it's refreshing to watch an NBA broadcast where they're able to talk about that kind Mm -hmm. of thing. Um, Lakers, he's so good. He's he's awesome. He's so great. Lakers led by as many as eleven. They led by five at the half. Uh, Then there was a blocking foul called on Austin Reeves. That should have been a charge. I don't want to let that one slip through. Lakers Lakers led by as many as 11, but the Lakers were up 74 to 64. And then Denver went on a 10 to nothing run to tie it. The game flipped right there. It looked like the Lakers were just going to coast in and Denver with the 10, nothing run tied it up at 74, 74 Lakers led by three at the end of the third quarter after AD was called for goaltending on a Jokic putback at the end of the quarter with a half a second left in the quarter.
3: Are you sure that was goaltending? No. Because I wasn't. So at w- in real time, I thought it was for sure. Me too. And when they went to replay, I'm like, it oh, wasn't. man, that's like 50-50. And
2: I thought the broadcast got that wrong. I was like, they were they were trying to yeah. will it into being, oh, yeah, that's a goaltend.
3: No, one. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I thought it was 50-50.
2: And this is all from a guy who had Nuggets bets. Like, so I'm like, wow, this like keeps happening. Uh, nuggets took their first lead since they were up 27-25 to 25 in the first quarter at 84-83 to 83 on a Jamal Murray three with 921 left. Less than four minutes later, the Nuggets were up 12 96 to 84. All told, beginning with the Murray three to give the Nuggets their first lead since the first, the Nuggets had a 15 to one run on five threes: three from Murray, one from Bruce Brown, one from Michael Porter Jr. Then Denver was up 99 to 87. You're like, all right, now Denver's gonna coast home. That after Reeves and Murray traded threes, they're up 12 still. The Lakers then go on a seven to nothing run to cut it to five 99 94 with 3:37 remaining. You're like, here we are. Yet again, Lakers got as close as two, Kelly, on the Austin Reeves banked three. That sort of scrambled your brain because LeBron was down in the backcourt instead of uh, waiting for him or calling time. Reeves just hoisted it. Um, And then the Lakers couldn't quite complete the comeback. Even being that close, despite plenty of chances, a missed AD three, a wide-open three, a LeBron-missed layup. They lose it 108-103. Jamal Murray, 14 points. The first three quarters on 5 of 17 shooting, 23 in the fourth on 6 of 7, including 4 or 5 from behind the arc. Lakers only scored 24 in the fourth. He scored 23. He ends up 37-10-5. and five. His fourth postseason fourth quarter with 20-plus points. Jordan and AI are the only other two to do it multiple times, and they only did it twice each. Jokic, 23, 17, and 12. A ho hum, 23, 17, and 12 with three steals. His 13th career playoff triple double, third all time, and his seventh this postseason. Michael Porter Jr. added 16 on four of seven, shooting from behind the arc. Another rebounding advantage for the Nuggets, this time 49 to 40. Denver improves to 8 uh, 0 straight up at home in the uh, postseason. Lakers have lost four of six, uh, excuse me, lost four straight, now six of seven on the road in the postseason. LeBron, 22, 9, and 10, with four steals, two blocks. He was fine. Reeves, 22. Achimura, 21, including 17 in the first half. AD, though, 18 on 4 of 15 shooting. And three fourth-quarter turnovers. Missed a pair of open threes, as we mentioned, down the stretch. 14 boards and four blocks. But Lakers, 8 of 30 from behind the arc. So bottom line, James and Davis combining 13 of 34 in Game 2, 1 of 9 from 3. James is now 0 for 10 from 3 in this series, 0 for 6 last night. He's missed his last 19, (laughs) his last 19 three-point field goal attempts in
3: the fourth quarter. One for 20 in the playoffs. So he's made, he made the first one. You know, what's
2: funny about that is like, if I, if you asked me, if you, you were like, hey, how many threes did he hit down the stretch in in game one? I would have been like, oh, at least a few. I completely missed that.
3: So that, so that right there, though, if we want to talk about tired or getting old, LeBron James, Maybe it's, that. It's that. It's settling for pull up threes when you're down in desperation mode and not attacking the rim like we're you like we've been yelling at LeBron to do for 15 years.
2: So the Lakers are plus 350 now, down two to nothing. They are going to be the exact same favorites that the Nuggets are. The Nuggets were in games one and two. They're five and a half point favorites in game three. I mean, Lakers money line when it first came out was low and immediately shot up because people are like, there's
3: no way they're losing this game. I took a piece. I laid four and a half a little bit on the opener. I'm going to look at it live. though. The the number swing is ridiculous. It's 11 point difference. If they won by 20,
2: you wouldn't be surprised.
3: No, no, I wouldn't. But like just talking market reaction, that's 11 point difference in the spread from what we played in game two to what it's going to be in game three. That is insane. Um, So, I I think that number, like, I I laid a little four-and-a-half gill. I'm going to look to get in Lakers live and do, like, Lakers game three. I I talked about this bit on Harvard Handicappers. Now we got JVT coming up next. I think this series is going to be all about the stars with how little the benches are really playing into it. But were the Lakers – like, are getting bailed out as Austin Reeves and Rui Hachimura keep delivering.
2: <laughs> they do. You know every what I mean? Like,
3: yes. The fact that they only lost this game by five points with how bad AD was. They and
2: could. And before the playoffs, if we, if we had told you that, like you'd be like, there's no way. Those two, Lakers have to win four of five, plus 350 is not nearly enough no, to play. No. Not nearly no. enough. Nuggets, two to nothing lead, or according to Darvin Ham, of course, all they've done is hold serve. It's on our racket now. I'm paraphrasing. JVT on the Heat and the Celtics and the Lakers. Nuggets on the other side. Numbers Game, VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network.
4: And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app,
6: Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed.
1: v the sports betting
6: network. It's time to download Nevada's premier sports
2: betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM with all your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds, specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today. Won't take you but a few seconds. Then you stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID to open an account. That'll take you a few minutes. That's it. And then you start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. It's that easy. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. This is BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble and Gambling problem, call 1 800 522 4700. Uh, It's Gil Alexander. It's Kelly Bidlin. Uh, I mentioned again two days ago that I had said, I think the pendulum has swung too much, though. Like everybody's acting like the Lakers actually won this game. And Kelly, you said off air. It's one thing for you to say that. You're allowed to say that. Uh, Mike Malone had this to say, which sounded awfully familiar as well after the game last night. You know, uh, you win game one of the playoffs, and all everybody talked about was the Lakers. Let's be honest, that was a national narrative was, hey, the Lakers are fine. They're down 1-0, but they figured something out. No one talked about Nicola just had a historic performance. He's got 13 triple-doubles now, third all-time. What he's doing is just incredible, but the narrative wasn't about the Nuggets. The narrative wasn't about Nicola. The narrative is about the Lakers and their adjustments. So, you know, you put that in your pipe, you smoke it, and you come back, and you know what, we're going to go up 2-0. Put that, in your, pipe put that in your pipe and smoke it. He, he, he stopped short of saying, put that in your pipe and smoke it. He said, put that in your pipe, you smoke it. Like he tried to <laughs> ease it up a little bit. JVT, uh, our senior NBA analyst joins us, Jonathan Tobel, to talk uh, NBA with us. How you doing, JVT?
1: Oh, you'll love to hear it. Absolutely. Yes. It was one of the the big talking points on our podcast leading up to yesterday, which was just like, I thought I was taking crazy pills, <laughs> listening to some of the people be like, yeah, hey, you know, they should treat it like they're down one, nothing. Like, I guess, I guess, uh, but there was a lot of different things that came out of that first game that
2: aren't replicable for the Lakers either. So good for Mike Malone to actually come out and say that. Yeah. A podcast you're talking about, of course, hardwood handicappers available at vson.com slash podcast or wherever podcasts are available. JVT, Kelly Bidlin and the crew at hardwood handicappers. So two, nothing nuggets. Let's start here before we get to tonight's game. And and we don't have to go too deep into this, um, but I mean, where does this stand for you now? Do you feel like we'll come back here Monday and it will inevitably be 2 to 1 Nuggets? I um, mean, is there any doubt in your mind that the Lakers figure this out? Maybe the calls will go their way this time. Did you think the calls were as bad as I thought they were last night in favor of the Nuggets over the Lakers?
1: Uh, in favor of the nugget. I thought it was just a, a poorly officiated game. Overall. Uh, I didn't see a, a massive slant in favor of the Denver nuggets last night. I mean, there were obviously a couple, but I think you can point to some of the calls that were going in favor of the Los Angeles Lakers as well. But I think your overall point, uh, which is, and look, we, we always, we always talk about these officials. I, I think Tony brothers last night was called the equalizer, right? Because you go out there and you want to equalize everything for both opponents. But I think what kind of happens at times is officials are human. And I think they get wrapped up in the emotion of the environment that they are in at times. Uh, So that's why you see in big momentum moments, they love to do that. Yeah, you know, go the other way with the charge and whatnot, even though it's a pretty poor poor call. They love. So I think, right. Nobody loved it more than Joey Crawford. Yes, they love it. Um, And so I think that you'll probably see the calls go a little bit more in favor of the Lakers. They're going to be more comfortable. They're going to be forced action a little bit more at the rim. They love to get to the free throw line. So I would say the the way that these are officiated, especially for a team like the Lakers who love to get to the free throw line, it's going to be a really big thing that goes in their favor.
2: Do you lay the points with them next time? Game three, five and a half right now? I
1: mean, I don't think you really do. I, I just I wonder about these swings that we're seeing, right? I mean, this is five and a half back yesterday for the the Nuggets. Now we're back five and a half for the Los Angeles Lakers. And you know, I, we always talk about this. I think I brought brought this up to you before, Gil. Too. It's you know, what are you willing to pay because of the situation? Are you willing to pay five and a half points or lay five and a half points for the Lakers when it should probably be more like three and a half, maybe a little bit around in that area because they're down two nothing and they're going back home because of the situation of desperation back on your home court? Is that worth it enough? to then lay a number that I think is probably a little bit higher. Cause we see it all the time and you know, I'm willing to bet. Let's say that this number five and a half, the Lakers go out and cover it. I mean, we saw it between the Suns and the nuggets. Remember the nuggets were three and a half point underdogs in game three. They lose that game the way that we all expected them to. What was the point spread for game four? It was one. So like you're going to know that you're paying some sort of tax. It's just whether or not you're willing to do it. And I tend to lean in the camp of, I would not, uh, but I also have seen how volatile both of these games have been and realize that there's a lot of in-game opportunities for you because these two teams are so tightly matched up.
2: What about the what about the total first game soars over second game well under? Do you touch 223 and a half?
1: I think if you're touching it, you're going under, I think if this is going to be the Lakers game, it's going to look a lot more like yesterday, right? As opposed to game one, because the Lakers, I mean, look, yeah, yesterday was kind of their game. They, they took most of that game. The nuggets took their first lead in the fourth quarter since the first quarter. And it was a game that was largely controlled by LA. I mean, even Malone said it during one of the, uh, in, in the, uh, in game interviews where he said when they were down by, I think 11 and they went on a seven, nothing run to cut it to four. He was like, it looked like they were going to extend this thing out and kind of run away with it, but they did a good job. That was a Lakers type game yesterday. And if it's going to be a Lakers type game, you know, not as much pace from the Denver nuggets, getting out in transition, better transition defense. You would think from the Lakers as well, playing a little bit more half court oriented defensively. I think that that would lend itself to going
2: under and no chance. You play the Lakers at plus three fifty here for the series. They got to win four or five. That's not nearly enough, right?
1: No, I don't think so. And I just think there's so many matchups that go in favor of the Denver Nuggets. You know, Jokic, they they don't really have an answer for him. He's actually playing. He, he doesn't get enough credit for it. He's playing very good basketball defensively, at least very good for him. Uh, there was a reason why Anthony Davis was having a tough time scoring and you'll see differences. I think that's actually an interesting player prop for next game. Gil is Anthony Davis over points. Cause I think they're going to use him a little bit differently, not just post up and bang your body into Nikola Jokic. It's going to be more move off ball, screen and rolls, get him really the basket, getting some lob opportunities, you'll probably see some more movement from Davis and thus some more points. Uh, but I, I think overall, like there's just too many things. They're the better shooting team. They're a little bit deeper. They have a higher floor offensively that go in favor of the Nuggets that I think that this is the Nugget series.
2: Okay. Tonight, game two, Heat Celtics still in Boston. Now, Heat obviously took home court advantage with their game one win. This is at nine. Again, it was eight and a half last yep. game. Uh, it's nine right now in favor of the Celtics. We all know the trend about game twos that everybody's citing Um, what is it? Twenty and two against the spread. Twenty-one and one straight up uh, for game twos when a team loses their first uh, game one at home. Celtics minus nine. Are you laying this? Do you feel like this feels like the Celtics could win by twenty, or or the Heat could (laughs) win it outright? Right.
1: Yes, uh, absolutely. And look, I just. I, these are the situations that I wrestle with as somebody who likes numbers and, and rankings and looking at all these, you know, you, like this should not be something you have to pay for just because the Celtics lost game one. And yet here you are, and you as a better are, and we've, you, you know, you mentioned it. I it's, there's a growing sample size of success for the team that loses game one coming in in game two and, and sweeping the opponent out of the building uh, with relative ease. And there's also the, it, it does make some sense because the Miami heat came what they they did what they came to do. They took home court there's a natural let up in a game two because your overall mission is just to take one of these games on the road. So you get home court for the series. And so if the writing's on the wall, you'll tend to see the foot off the gas. And then of course the team that loses game one goes on and rolls. However, and this is the thing that's I have a lot of difficulty with with Boston. I think everything you're looking at would tell you that like, Hey, you know, the Celtics in game one had a lot of things that they really screwed up. And there was a lot of things that the Miami heat, you don't know if it's replicable. Can the heat again, shoot 55% from three point range. Mm-hmm. Can they shoot what they did on contested shots? Everything in my being tells me No. So I would lean toward the Boston <laughs> side, but given the yeah. fact that this thing's as inflated as it is, I think you're better off waiting for a, another opportunity. Give me three empty possessions for Boston. That thing's going to get under like eight and a half.
2: Here's what I really want to know. So th- the Celtics were $6 favorites before the series started. They obviously lose game one. If you, mm-hmm. if you believe in the heat, let's say you're in the camp that believes in the heat. Um, and I'm, I'm in that camp. They're almost two dollars. They're almost still still a two dollar dog to win this series. I saw plus one ninety nine in some spots. We're showing plus one seventy, but the Heat still have a pretty juicy number up one nothing. Do you play this now, or do you say to yourself, you know what, I actually think the Celtics will win this game tonight. I'll wait for the even more favorable price after game two.
1: I, w- I think you're going that route. You know, we know what happens as we talked about with game twos and keep in mind guilt. You, you know, you know, this most of your audience knows it's very smart. There's not going to be a massive boost on Miami if they lose this game, because overall the bigger impact is winning game one and taking home court. Mm-hmm. So you'll get a little bit of a better series price. Uh, but even then just those few cents are going to be worth it for you. I shouldn't say few. It'll probably be like 20 ish cents or so, uh, but those will be worth it to you as a better. So I would say absolutely, because they are going to be talking about going back home. They'll probably be an underdog at home, but I think that's the way you're approaching it. You, there's a very high probability that they're going to lose this game. To what degree in terms of the point spread, we don't know, but I'm, I'm fairly confident saying it's going to be 1-1 going to Miami. And if that's the case, to your point, you sit back and you wait and you can take plus whatever with the uh, Miami Heat. If you want to get a little bit more safer, if you want to go like plus one and a half games at a, as a reasonable price as well, I think that's something to look at for sure.
2: All right, last question. This is, we got 45 seconds, but I'm just thinking about this. This is just, we, we take a step back from betting and we just, I say to you, the the senior NBA analyst here and Hardwood Handicappers host, of the four teams what, which one of the four feels to you to be the least championship feeling of all of them, like championship <laughs> team feeling. Cause I have a definite team of the four in mind.
1: Yeah. I mean, I guess narratively it would be narratively. It'd be Denver. I think roster construction, it's gotta be Miami, see, right? Like a bunch
2: of undrafted players. See right now at this moment in time, the Celtics feel like the least championship because of the Jekyll and Hyde nature of them. Yeah. Like, I just feel like that of all the four teams, that's the one that I could least see winning it at this point, which is a strange answer.
1: Yeah. Their run last year clouds it for me, but I can understand it.
2: Yeah. I don't know, man. So entertaining for sure. We'll see if Celtics, man, they have got to just roll this game tonight. Don't let this even be close because Jimmy will do his thing. Thank you. JVT. Enjoy the games. Good luck with all the bets. Good to talk to you. Thank you. Jonathan, Tobal at me JVT. We'll come back. Hockey with Andy McNeil. Historic game last night. His thoughts on that and the Knights and the stars tonight's numbers game visa the Sports Betting Network.
1: A numbers game on v the sports betting network.
2: Take your sports betting game to the next level this summer with a V-CENT Pro subscription. Sign up now for only $9.99 and get access to everything we do, including daily pro picks on all the summer action, including NFL and college football futures, premium uh, premium analysis, that is, for our team of top handicappers and industry experts, 24-7 video access, and pro tools like our exclusive betting splits showing you where the public and sharp money is going to give you an edge. Smart betting. Start betting smarter. Visit VEASAN.com slash subscribe and sign up now. It's Gil Alexander. It's Kelly Bidlin. By the way, PGA uh, has resumed. PGA Championship after the uh, first round was completed this morning. Bryson DeChambeau ends up being the first round leader.
3: Yeah, brutal beat if you had the Eric Cole tickets out yeah. there.
2: When well, he double bogeyed the first hole they played this morning. He had
3: to retake the course this morning. He finished his first round. Had a one-stroke lead. Then he I, think, up, I think it was the first shot he hit. put I think it right so in the too. water. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so he ended up one stroke behind Bryson DeChambeau. Um, along with some others. And so DeShambo is the first-round leader. DeShambo has yet to tee off here, still has the one-stroke lead. He has it over uh, a quartet of golfers, two of whom are on the course already, two of whom have not teed off. Scotty Scheffler Corey Connors have not teed off yet. But uh, Justin Rose is one back, and Michael Block is one back. You got your Michael Block tickets?
3: Oh, of course, Yeah. yeah. PGA, uh, PGA pro Michael Block, uh, he, they had him mic'd up yesterday for a segment. That's been the kiss of death uh, on the PGA oh, Tour
7: yeah.
3: uh, so far since they've been trying this new stuff. Michael Block apparently uh, taking it and run it with with, with it this week because three under so far in his second round today.
2: Michael Block, who uh, wears a hoodie all the time. That's what he's probably best known for. Um, went to Mizzou and lists as, uh, as his interest. Family skiing, fishing, and tennis. Golf doesn't come up. <laughs> so, there you go. He's one stroke back of Bryson DeChambeau. He had to tee off here in the second round. Are any of your uh, any of your guys close to the top?
3: Uh, Keegan. Otherwise, it's looking pretty bad.
2: Gil. Keegan's two back. Yeah.
3: Okay. Scotty Scheffler <laughs> looking good. Yes, sir. You're looking good there. And Bryson DeChambeau, I know we had shout-out to Maytastic, uh listener. He tweeted me at a first-round leader ticket. Man, if you saw that coming – Good on you, because I, oh. sh- I mean, oh. Bry- Bryson DeChambeau wins this thing. Holy hell. And
2: uh, Elephant in the Room, can I just bring it up before we get to Andy?
3: Um, A lot of live. Whew, he looks real slim, doesn't he? Oh, oh, yeah.
2: So he said he cut corn, wheat, gluten, and dairy out of his diet and lost 18 pounds in 24 days. Sure, guy. Yeah. yeah sure. And you know what he also said that I knew was the tell where he was just nonsensing us? By the way, nonsensing. What? He said, Yeah, I, I went from uh five to six thousand calories a day to twenty nine hundred. I'm like, twenty nine hundred <laughs> would would blip me out. Really? You lost all that weight on twenty nine hundred calories a
3: day? He's so, going opposite Barry Bonds. He, he juiced early. Now he's coming back yeah. down.
2: Andy McNeil doesn't have these problems. Andy McNeil, everybody at Digital Gambler is where you can find him on Twitter. He's in Edmonton, Alberta, as we wave the Canadian, oh, we don't wave the Canadian flag anymore. Look at you with the radio mic. What's what's happening,
5: man? Yeah, I'm in the studio wondering if you could run that beat back from the intro and I'll uh, drop some rhymes here. But uh, (laughs) no, uh, yeah, I don't have those problems. Clearly, I I do a a very uh, good job of maintaining a a healthy adult man weight. And, uh, um, you know, that's not a a problem for me. Good for you.
2: Florida (laughs) Panthers. Let's start with last (laughs) night's game before we get to tonight's between the Knights and the Stars. Uh, Last night, the sixth longest game in the history of the National Hockey League. Again, around 2 a.m. Eastern, just before, uh, Florida wins it on a Matthew Kachuk score with 12.7 seconds left in the fourth overtime, Panthers 3, Hurricanes 2. And I guess the question is, I mean, and we don't have very much to go on with this, but do you imagine that a loss that goes on for that long, right, a loss that comes after that long of a marathon, has a residual effect, unlike your standard restaurant variety loss.
5: Yeah, I mean, clearly we don't have a lot of examples to, to go on here. This doesn't happen a whole lot, but I would imagine that uh, losing after a game like that is is pretty demoralizing, and you probably feel a lot more tired if you're a member of the Carolina Hurricanes than you are if you're a member of the Florida Panthers after that win um basically two hockey games i mean really it was two hockey yeah, games it, it went for 6 hours um and uh and yeah i mean it's going to be interesting 48 hours or rough less than 48 hours i believe um to the next start time of game 2 so it's going to be a pretty quick turnaround um luckily there's no travel it would have probably been a lot tougher if this was in uh you know game 2 or a, a game 4 situation where they they're, where they're going to travel afterwards but um, just a, just a classic game. I mean, not the series that any of us expected to see in the Eastern conference final, but I think this one definitely has the, the makings of a classic, both of these teams forecheck check. So hard, they're fast, they're skilled, they're tough. I mean, they've got great goaltending. Sergey Bobrovsky was, was unreal last night. I, I mean, I thought, you know, the Panthers, I thought they played pretty well and, you know, all in all, but maybe two periods uh, the third, when Carolina was really pushing to tie the game, and uh, and 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 then in the first overtime and and I wonder about that second push in the first overtime and just how much of that was due to the fact that Florida should have ended the game two and a half minutes into that overtime period I thought the goal should have counted the Panthers probably thought the goal should have counted head coach Paul Maurice lost his mind so I think he he thought the goal should have counted as well and I just wonder how much uh, you know that deflated the the Florida Panthers bench because I thought as as the overtime periods went on they had plenty of chances to end it uh, and really started to, you know, claw their way back into the game. So Carolina definitely looked like the more dominant team at times last night. They had a 59% edge in expected goals when it was all said and done. But uh, I think the, you know, the, the most of that mar- uh, margin came from that, you know, push to tie the game and that push after that disallowed goal. So I'm a little bit skeptical of, you know, that right there. And, and I, and I'm confident that, Florida can, you know, live up to their price in Game Two. I think plus 130 is a, a good price. Uh, I mean, five and zero in overtime, as you're showing on the screen right now. That's pretty impressive and pretty lucky at the same time. But I mean, this this team's shown that they're really adaptive and, um, you know, they're they're okay weathering the storm. Uh, and and they've already taken out some some contenders already. So um, I think they're in a pretty good spot to to do so against Carolina. My series price, as far as you know, updated. Uh, Series odds I have the Panthers at minus 178 64% chance of winning. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily bet the series price. I know minus 165 is technically a, a value bet, but uh, I'm going with the Panthers and the Game 2 money line at, at plus 130.
2: Yeah, makes sense. By the way, what you were referring to is actually off screen, but we'll flash it up real quick before we get to tonight's game, which is this is stats <laughs> by Lopez. This is our buddy Michael Lopez, who uh, was the guy who, who came up with the, you know, if 80% of favorites are to go through in an NHL postseason like they do in the NBA, you'd have to play a best of 51. Well, he points out. These would be the NHL playoff records this year if overtime results had flipped. Um so just look at that, right? That this is, you know, it just flips on its head and it just shows you the vagaries of the sport and how random it can be, how fortunes, fates yeah. and legacies can change.
5: We do have to take into account that that Michael is a Bruins fan though, so there's a good reason why he's yes. showing this today. <laughs> yeah.
2: I think the Panthers have won eight straight overtime games if you go back in time in the postseason if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Yeah, I'm not sure
5: about that. I know they've won seven straight uh, on the road overall, which is uh, pretty impressive in these playoffs, especially considering the teams that they played. But yeah, just just quite a run. And they're really building an identity as a playoff team. And Matthew Kachuk now the the cons my trophy favorite at DraftKings four to one uh, makes a lot of sense, too, because I mean, he's. He's, uh, he's carving out a really good story for himself right now, being kind of like the catalyst that's that's bringing the Camp Panthers to where they are.
2: All right, tonight in Las Vegas, game one, Stars and Knights. Um, the Western Conference Finals. The Knights are minus 130. Um, did I hear you say you have this as a coin flip this series?
5: Uh, yeah, roughly. I got Vegas winning at 51% of the time. Jeez. I bet the Stars at plus 120 uh, to win the series, that's come down quite a bit. Um, I'm gonna guess that you guys can find some some better prices out there in Vegas than I can find in my part of the world on on the stars, but um, yeah, I, li- I like Dallas to win the series at anything you know plus 115 or better. Uh, I don't know if that's still available, but that's that's kind of where I'm at right now. I, I, I think the game is, is basically a pick' em in favor of Vegas. Uh, and And I won't be playing the game online, but i'm I'm hoping the the variance in game one continues uh, with the underdogs. They're ten and three so far in the playoffs in game one uh, to date. and and hopefully the stars can get the job done tonight,
2: ok. So so game one price. so game one price on the stars, but not the series. And then in the no,
5: game series price series price on the stars, but, not, the stars, not, the but game not game one, one right. Series price on the
2: stars, Game two price. On the Panthers, but not this series. That's right. Gotcha. All right, Andy McNeil. Good luck with it all. What a what an entertaining postseason it has been. Always the case with the Stanley Cup playoffs. Appreciate it, man. All right, thanks, guys. Andy McNeil, at digital gambler on the old Twitter machine. Can we squeeze in a tennis pick of the day, by the way, before we get out of? Got to get to break here. Uh, one play in Italy. On the ladies' side today for me, we uh, successfully hit on Elena Ostapenko over Paula Badosa in the last round, taking Ostapenko again today at a dog price against Elena Rybakina. Uh, Ostapenko, who uh, won the French Open back in 2017, so she has clay pedigree. Uh, When she is on, when her return of serve is on, she is tremendous, and her clay numbers are through the roof um, plus 138, really nice price on her to uh, take down Rabakina. And by the way, I did play her here before the semis to win this tournament at plus 265. She would be a favorite, uh, I think, even against Matova if they were to meet in the finals. But obviously, uh, got to get by Rabakina first, but that's the play. Astapenko, 138.
3: The crew is also rooting that along. Uh, I don't know what time the match starts and if I should be concerned about our show or not, but they're rooting it along.
2: Apparently. It's it's in three hours. We got time.
3: Okay.
2: <laughs> Sorry they went rogue yesterday. That I will say. Coming back, more basketball next.
4: I'm Hannah Storm and my podcast And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Store on the iHeartRadio app, Apple
6: Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. A numbers game on v the Sports Betting Network.
2: BetMGM, authorized gaming partner of the NBA, hits the court with a special playoff parlay insurance offer, Place a one-game parlay of four legs or more, and get back a bonus bet up to $25 if you miss one leg. Enjoy the playoffs like never before with BetMGM's daily promotions, boosted odds, specials, and parlay selection features throughout the postseason. Log in now or sign up and opt in. Gotta opt in to get back a $25 bonus bet if one leg in your one-game parlay falls short. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. New and existing customer offer. All promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued is not withdrawable. bonus bets. Bonus bets expire seven days for issuance Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in dc mississippi nevada and new york skill alexander is kelly Bidlin. we get tweets at beating the book by the way we get texts also fezzik has texted in i uh, talked about lebron going uh, 0 of 19 in his last uh mm-hmm. 19 fourth quarter three uh point attempts fezzik says a 350 pound Wishnev would go three of 19 <laughs> blindfolded <laughs> from three <laughs> he's yeah, he's this, right, by the way. It is
3: not the most efficient shot choice for LeBron yeah, James is yeah. what we're trying to say. <laughs> we wish Nev would have hit that,
2: by the way. Hockey skeptic. Always love hockey skeptic chiming in. Catching up on the uh, pod from yesterday. Does Ime Udoka look the best out of this? He should be thanking Missoula. Um, and then he has a disclaimer about uh, Udoka. Um, I mentioned that yesterday. Like, I, just, I felt the difference was, again, Udoka was always making defensive adjustments. Missoula just seems fixated on the offensive side of the court. I don't think that's the point. With the Celtics, um, this is from Oh Stephen Vegas was watching the game last night. He goes, like, "What put, this was, he's like? At what point do they just pack this in?" Um, daytime degenerate talking about how I was saying how the Lakers got all the calls last night. Believe me, I'm no Lakers lover. Daytime degenerate. He goes, "Hey Gil, I speak for all Nuggets fans when I say this. We've dealt with 40 years of games with the calls going the other way against the Lakers. Pretty sure one game still doesn't square it up yet. I'm sure you're right." <laughs> I'm hundred percent sure you're I,
3: right. You know what? I I am uh, I I was a little bit surprised when you said that earlier, but also proud but proud of you because, like you said, you, there's not like you've ever sat up here trying to ever. back the Lakers at all. Ever the Lakers, or, or I don't really talk about officiating that much in right. the NBA. Yeah, me either. Me either. I took it like JVT though. I thought it was it wasn't a great officiated game. I didn't really think it was a huge edge oh, one way or the
2: I other. I did. Though. I totally did. I mean that LeBron flop into the fan where the fan <laughs> gave him the towel. That was totally.
3: Yeah. <laughs> you get a chance to watch that on slow motion today, everybody should. It is great.
2: LeBron's like, thank you for that tell. Um, This is from Kevin, who says, uh, Regarding the James fumbling the ball on the breakaway, do people forget when Jordan came back with the Wizards and used the rim to punt the ball back to half-court line one time? I do recall that. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Mike Rouse, uh, make sure you get all your wagers in before heading to St. Louis today. No legalized sports betting in Missouri. Oh, yeah, we know. Uh, thank you for that, though. Jamie Leva, excellent The Click reference this morning. Gil, guess I'm drinking Hurricanes tonight. Happy Friday, boys. I knew one person would catch the reference.
3: Oh, Man, I missed it. I didn't even get to Was that Was that that terrible Adam Sandler movie, that no,
2: one? No, it's E-40. The Hurricanes. It's a song. Hurricane oh. is, hurricanes is a song by uh, E-40. Uh, B-Venom Boy, recommend Bogart's Smokehouse. When in St. Louis, that's some good barbecue. Thank you, B-Venom Be- Boy. I like thanking him as B-Venom Boy. Just Doug, thanks. The King was gassed at the end of his shift last night. Greatness still gets tired. Fatigue is his problem, not skill. Talking about LeBron. And, uh, oh, R. Johnson, the realist, underscore R.J., said, uh, Gil, with this being the final weekend of the regular season, is it about time for a college World Series primer? We actually had Brad Porras on earlier this week. So, again, tickets that we have, Texas, Campbell, uh, Clemson, Georgia, and I'm thinking about grabbing another one. But that's where we are. Now, a primer we will get to because now it is conference tournaments are upon us. Obviously, teams have got to get into their conference tournaments. A team like Georgia is a bubble team to even get in the SEC. But the big takeaway from that segment was Brad believes there are multiple SEC teams, multiple SEC clubs, that if they get to the round of 64 – of the College World Series, could make a run. Like, he's super, super SEC snobby. He even said he relates himself to SEC snobby in college baseball as Pete Futak is SEC snobby in the uh, in college football. So um, we'll talk more College World Series next week because it is that time of year. And we'll talk about the format because the format is funny as well. But uh, we'll do that uh, when we have more time coming in the coming days. As far as soccer, the Premier League, uh, well, the title is all but decided. But yet, they're still playing games. Maybe there's some motivational issues that can uh, trigger some bets. We bring in Paul Carr from the Expected Value Podcast and True Media Networks from Topeka, Kansas. How you doing, Paul?
7: I'm good. I'm good. You're going to St. Louis for the big uh, Sporting KC, St. Louis City SC, I-70 rivalry game this weekend, right?
2: No, something much bigger. The Jeff Parlay nuptials. What?
7: Yes. Love it. Much bigger. Love it. Just outside, dare, outside of St. Louis. I dare he scheduled at the same time as the
2: soccer game. I get we're trying to go to the Cardinals Dodgers game, too. So, again, we got to get too. in and turn it around. It's a whole thing. Um, all right. So, here's the deal. By the way, Jeff Parlay props, wedding props coming up later on the show. I know everybody's very oh excited boy. for that. Let Before we get into your picks, mm-hmm. so explain to everybody what Man City is trying to accomplish <laughs> with the triple here and how rare this
7: is. Yeah, so they call it the treble for winning basically your three top competitions in the same season. It's your domestic league, in Man City's case, the Premier League, the FA Cup is the giant knockout tournament, Champions League is the top European competition. Uh, the only English team that has done that is Manchester United in 1999, which is one of the legendary English teams, uh, teams in other countries have done it, but England, especially uh, it's very rare. And now they're in great shape. They need a win this weekend or any of their last three games to clinch the premier league. They're in the final of the FA cup in a couple weeks against Manchester United. And now they're in the champions league final as massive favorites. I think they opened like minus 500 or something against inter Milan, uh, in early June. So they're in great spot to win all three trophies and be the second English club to do that. Sounds like you feel like they're going to do this. Would you bet on them doing this? Uh, I haven't looked at the price. I can't imagine you're getting anything close to plus money on it because they're going to be big favorites and everything. So I wouldn't expect the price to be worthwhile, but you know, if it's a simple yes, no, then I think they do pull it off. All right. We usually do these in
2: chronological order. I know you have a Saturday bet uh, before the two Sundays, but let's go to the, let's go to the man city game against Chelsea on Sunday, since we're talking about them. So man city, um, I don't want to say it's coast mode because they haven't, they haven't clinched anything yet but you like them here to cover the goal and a half against Chelsea does, yeah. does motivation at all? Like, I mean, do you think they just roll them here? Do you think they, they go up and then they just sort of play lax? Like what's, does that creep into your thinking here at all?
7: It does a little bit, you know, city's been a little bit tighter in league games the last few weeks, a couple one goal wins, but so they have three games left. Again, one win will clinch it. And this is their last home game. So the last two games they're on the road, they're at Brighton, they're at Brentford. So I think they're really going to want to just finish this off and be able to, uh, cause there's even a chance. Actually, they'll have it clinched, uh, by Saturday or if Arsenal loses at forest. Uh, but I just think this is their last league home game. Uh, the last home game of the season. Chelsea's not good. They haven't been good under Lampard. Uh, since he came in, they have one win and they've lost most of the games. Chelsea's just, or city's been rolling at home all year. So I think they're going to, regardless, this is kind of a, almost a sendoff match, a celebration match into the season type of thing. And they want to do this at home. They've won 14 of 18 home games by two plus goals this season. So I think they roll here. This is kind of your, it's not a parlay, but it's your brain-dead pick of take the far better team that is playing probably going to be playing for something. All right,
2: Man City minus the goal in the half against Chelsea on Sunday. What about let's backtrack to tomorrow? What do you got tomorrow?
7: Yes. This is two teams that don't have a lot to play for in Brentford and Tottenham. This is at Tottenham. Uh, I like Brentford here, though. These two teams have been basically even over the course of this season. Uh, But Brentford's been playing well lately. Tottenham has kind of mailed in the latter part of the season. They've lost four out of seven last couple of games. They've only had 13 shots total. In the two games, whereas Brentford's been playing a little bit better. They've won three of four. The only loss was to Liverpool. Uh, the one weird thing about this game Ivan Tony is Brentford's forward Who's got 20 goals so far this season. He's suspended now for eight months for violating the FAs betting rules. Uh, 232 breaches is what they officially uh, charged <laughs> him with. This That's is it. over like a four year span. So we don't know what it was exactly. Why they but, wait for know, some...
2: 232 of them to happen.
7: Yeah, I don't know, and they dropped like thirty of them, so it were two hundred sixty something, and oh. you know they they of that down to two thirty two. So it was either you know he was either betting on soccer somewhere around the world or passing information or something. So Brentford doesn't have him, but their system's good enough, and they've known this was probably coming. This is not a shocker out of nowhere. So I like Brentford here on the double chance or Brentford plus half a goal at even money at Tottenham on Sunday. Okay, on Saturday.
2: on Saturday, and then you have one more on Sunday.
7: Yeah, so this is West Ham and Leeds. So Leeds is in trouble. They're like minus 280 to be relegated right now. Uh, I just expect this game to be open. You know, West Ham is a little more conservative, but five of the last seven have had three goals, seven straight games with two and a half or more expected goals. Leeds cannot defend. Uh, They have to go for it. So I think this will open things up. Uh, One way or another, I expect there to be goals in this game. So minus 120 is my price as again, Leeds has to go for it. Backline can't hold up. Ten of their last 11 have had three-plus goals, so I expect some of the same here.
2: Leads right now uh, with 31 points. Everton with 32. That's what they're trying to get past, um, if not uh, Nottingham Forest as well, to get out of relegation mode. Leicester City and Southampton being the other two that are looking at relegation right now. Okay, so Brentford double chance at Tottenham tomorrow. West Ham leads. Uh, West Ham and leads at the over two and a half on Sunday, and Man City given the goal and a half against Chelsea on Sunday as well. Those your three pack of picks. Um, how'd you do last week in this Premier League?
7: how we do last week? I think I went one and two last week, and then I split the midweek Champions League games. Hit one on plus money uh, after
2: a six and O run in the uh, Premier League as well. Paul, thank you. Good luck with all the bets, man. Appreciate it. You bet. Thanks, Gil. Have a good weekend. You too, Paul Carr. Everybody at ex- uh, Expected Value
0: Podcast coming back with Basketball Day.